from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals, to another episode of the Riverdale Review, the Pals Network's weekly Riverdale Review show. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined here in the booth by my pals in podcasting, Marco Cunalata. Hello, hello. Thanks. I don't kill you were surprised that I gave it to him first. I was. I'm glad you did, but I was. <laughs> and also here in the booth is Kale Ward. Guys, do you ever wonder, like, do you ever wonder how dangerous nuns are? You are, know, nuns, are nuns like Christian ninjas? I don't know if they're like Christian ninjas, but they're like Christian samurais at least. Yeah, that makes sense. I like Because they were, they were slow. You could see them coming, but you don't want them power. to catch you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not hiding in the shadows. They're 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 coming right up to your front door and kicking it in. They could, yeah, hide in, in the shadows though. I mean, they're dressed for it. They could hide amongst your drapery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Uh, so we're not here to talk about nuns. We are here well, to talk about Riverdale. Well, hold on. <laughs> So, uh, let's start things off as we want to do with our spoiler-free thoughts on Chapter 30 of Riverdale, The Noose Titans. Uh, either of you guys itching to give your thoughts first? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kale. Fine, Marco, why don't you start? They they brought in the, the mobster stuff, and I thought that was, you know, like a fun little element that, that that you get to you get to play around with, and it, it's cool to see like Archie involved in that kind of stuff. I don't know, it was just fun. Uh, it was a fun episode. It, it was, you kind of starts exploring different environments, um, and different sort of I guess like, like eras of like film and TV. So uh, it was a, it was a good episode. I, I I liked it. It wasn't anything super. It was anything crazy. Um, but it was a solid like an episode. It was good. It was fun. What about you, Kel? So with every everything that happened in this episode, it seemed like we were half right about everything. Chick, um, uh, something yeah. happened with Chick. Uh, still not FP's kid, supposedly. Uh, half the gang went to visit uh, and rescue Cheryl, but it wasn't the half we talked about. Hey, so real quick, I know we said this was our spoiler-free thoughts, but Kale's spoiling the whole episode, so I guess we're not doing that this week? Nuh-uh. You're giving a play-by-play of all the plot points! <laughs> uh, now you done threw me off. <laughs> oh, 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 the serpents. Betty and the serpents did come in and rescue someone, but mm, it wasn't yeah. the people we talked about. <laughs> it wasn't what we thought. Something happened with Chick, but it wasn't... <laughs> Yeah, so it, there was definitely a lot of forward motion that I think we needed uh, in this episode. I think, like, the the stuff we kind of been complaining about the last two episodes, I feel like we finally got somewhere with some of this stuff, you know? like, But not, like, far enough. They it Most of it felt like half steps for me. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. And that's why I think I, I would agree with Marco's overall assessment, that it was, like, a yeah. fun episode, but I feel like... Um, I'm more interested to see what, what next episode's going to look like, you know, because we've set up a lot of this stuff for so long, and now it's kind of, like, getting put in motion, and it's like, you said it was kind of a half measure. I feel like the other half of that measure comes next week, hopefully. I don't know. I <clears throat> I would not be surprised if they just started kind of going into the other stuff. Um, 
you know, and and since though since after this break that'll lead into the finale, I think they'll just kind of start actually tying up these loose ends instead of going the full step of what you know happened here. So I think that's probably the most we can talk around the episode without getting into spoilers. So uh, now's your chance to bounce out if you haven't seen Chapter 30 yet. Uh, if that's the case, remember, um, this is the Riverdale Review. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us at the Comics Pals. Wherever your social media is sold, write into us at the by writing to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com or hitting us in the comments down below. And uh, we'll read your thoughts on the air as long as you're not mean or a bigot. <laughs> so with that, uh, let's get into our spoiler full discussion of the episode. Where should we start? I told you, Marco was right. Okay, Marco was right podcast. I told Kale that it said conversion at the very last, that was the very last sentence. That's what I was going to say. Let's, let's start off with th- that this is actually the hashtag Kale was wrong podcast. Yes, um, yes. Because it was 1,000% a gay conversion camp. I, I said it uh, was implied. Uh, I said it was implied. I never and, denied it. And no, I, and we I, said it, it was... But, but, I said it was... <laughs> I said it was implied. That's what the argument was, not that it wasn't a conversion camp. All right. Well, they said it, and it was real. <laughs> yeah, this time it was definitely real. You're you're a hundred percent. So yeah, let's start. Let's start there. I thought I, I thought it was funny that they used Kevin and was it Moose in those yeah, yeah. videos in those uh, like pray the gay away commercial yeah. or not commercials, but you know videos, whatever. So I'm sure for Cheryl that was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I I did get a kick out of that. Uh, Marco, what were your what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, it was really intense and and scary. You know, it's a dramatization, but even so, uh, I don't know. It, it's not not something that I've necessarily seen portrayed in media too often. So um, know, it was it was an interesting. Uh, perspective that the show sort of brought on it. Yeah, I, I think the thing I liked about it the most was I feel like it got um, it got us to a place Riverdale hasn't felt like it's gone in a while. <clears throat> you know, it I got think kind of dark. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Because I feel like you know, especially in the the first season and the the first half of the second season, um, horror was a pretty big theme in Riverdale. You know, that was definitely a big part of its roots, and I feel like we've kind of gotten away from that. Um, as we focused more on on the family and interpersonal drama in the second half of the season, um, so I thought the just the you know the setting of the gay conversion camp and how it was portrayed definitely allowed uh, for us to kind of re-explore horror a bit, you know, especially um, when there was like the you know the escape, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, you know, and that that kind of looming sense of uh of dread that was just there and was over cheryl and all the scenes that we saw her there see i don't know i think it could have been more if if you're if you want to look at it from a horror angle like yeah obviously i don't wish that on anyone but of course like from what i understand these places are a lot worse than oh just move that bag over there even though you just moved it over here like right and and you know the show isn't american horror story you know so you can't you know i don't feel like you can show the you know the electroshock stuff right but i think there was a way to heighten that part of the drama other than just showing her doing the physical labor and the videos you know yeah i i also feel like if it hadn't been dealt with in like one episode that probably would have benefited it 
you know, because I think like, yeah, I, I do feel like this is something that had it seemed like she had been there longer, those things could have been uh, explored a little bit more, you know, like with, with greater yeah. detail. And I think, I think that's probably sort of my problem with Cheryl's arc this half of the season. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been your, your, a through line for your complaints with where, where they've been taking her as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about, about the, uh, ab- about, I guess, like the path to the escape, right? So like from last episode, you know, Tony had her suspicions about what was going on and, um, you know, she goes and talks to, uh, you know, the River Vixens, but specifically to uh, Veronica and to Josie to try and enlist them to go and like kind of go to their house and figure out what is uh, is going on. Right. And and where Cheryl really is. And um, uh, when they get there, um, they're able to kind of threaten Mrs. Blossom enough to get her to show them uh, the drawings or the drawing, I suppose that um that Cheryl had done of Josie and that obviously you know freaked her out because it connected the dots to um the person that was stalking her and and all that stuff uh so what did you guys think about that I don't know it felt I like I guess it made it makes sense but like the the gap between you know the episode with Cheryl and Josie and here it it is so big that I just I completely forgot that Cheryl had done all that, mm. and that it wasn't actually the janitor. Oh, well, you have a bad memory. <laughs> that was months ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I remember it. I watched it. Um, when this, like, I, I to to your point, I I hadn't thought about it in quite some time. I well, was surprised yeah, she, to see it come back up. But Josie, when I Josie saw the mentions. Picture, yeah, like I I remember doing the picture, and I remember I remember her being you know having that low-key obsession with her but like right i you know she mentions the the pig blood or the pig heart or whatever and i just like i don't remember that at all really yeah you don't remember that that was like that whole episode with the creepy janitor there was like that whole thing where she was leaving things Uh, in her locker and making it seem like someone was threatening her so yeah I, i was surprised to see that come home to roost I guess, but uh, I was kind of glad like they this did pick way. it up again. Yeah, but I, I thought it was it was cool that it did come up again because it'll obviously um, have reverberations from here, and I'm glad that they didn't um, just shrug off that behavior from Cheryl. Yeah, sure, right. that like there is consequences yeah. for it. Do you guys remember who uh, Betty went to to help get Polly out of the sisters' orphanage or whatever? Was it was that when she and Jughead first started doing stuff together, or is that Veronica? You know, I feel like it might have been the whole gang. Like, I, I mm. remember she goes and talks to Polly alone, but I feel like when they go and get Polly, it's with multiple people. Because it, so it didn't really make sense to me that, Veron- you know, when, when Veronica says, I know just who we'll go to, that it wasn't Betty. That was my thought, too. Uh, Like, it felt like in that moment they were really hammering it over our head that this was the local conversion camp and everybody knows it, you know? Right, right. So, um, right. So, like, they get that lead from from Nana Blossom that it's, like, the sisters of whatever, and she yeah. remembers that it's where Polly was, and she's like, well, I don't think they do gay conversion therapy there. So it's kind of like, 
I, I, I see what you're saying because when she said, I know who will go to, my immediate thought was Betty as well. But upon like further reflection, I guess it does make more sense for them to go to Kevin because like I could understand Kevin knowing about uh, gay conversion camps more than Betty would, right? Because she went there to save Polly, not to uncover what's going on with the sisters of whatever, you know? I guess I would feel like Betty would like while kevin would know about it and and i you know i'm not denying kevin probably does have an an intimate knowledge and and fear of it but i feel like betty would have more of a an investigative knowledge of it yeah i i I think given the angle that it ended up taking i i see where the show went with it but i agree with you where like my initial gut reaction was also to think that they were talking about betty but it's also like i don't necessarily know why she would be any more useful in that situation than you know like anyone else and especially given that kevin knew about the you know the the secret tunnel or whatever like that that totally makes sense but right exactly and that kind of blew the whole thing wide open and so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I definitely see where you're coming from on that one. But it was like, I felt like it was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. And also, she and Betty aren't on good terms, and her and Kevin are still fine. Fair. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Like, her and Kevin have definitely, like, been shown to have a friendship that exists outside of Betty. Um, and the two of them are definitely on the outs right now. So, um... Yeah, uh, so I, I I did I did think that was um that was that was pretty cool like the way that they you know they found out about this like secret gay hookup tunnel and like you know going for the rescue or whatever and um yeah I, I thought that uh that that jailbreak scene was was really effective in my mind like the way it was shot the use of the music I think like it had a real tension to it you know yeah. and like I assumed that they were going to get out, but the way it was playing out where they were catching these dead ends and this, that, and the other, like, I was thinking that there might be a, a line where, like, oh, no, like, something bad happens. Like, you know, and, like, maybe it's not, you know, exactly like Cheryl gets captured and has to get stayed there, but I, I was expecting something to go wrong because of the way that they had uh, had built the tension. So what, what did you guys think about the uh, the whole jailbreak scene? Again, it was like the fun part of the episode. So it, it, it was just, it was cool to see. Like, obviously it was a triumphant moment and um, like a tender one with Tony um, and Cheryl. So yeah, just a good scene. Yeah, the the jailbreak part and like the escape was, was really yeah. cool. It was really fun. Um, like I blinked at one point and Veronica and Cheryl made it out, but Tony didn't. And I went, oh no. And exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> And then it was fine. But yeah, this the tender moment between Cheryl and Tony, you know, for me again, it was just like, aren't you trying to escape from jail? But but it was still a moment. You're going to have a 10 minute kiss literally in front of everyone and this room isn't being supervised? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did write, uh, I was like, it's romantic, but not very plausible. <laughs> it's like, like, I get it, you're reunited. It. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> I bought it. No, you didn't. <laughs> I just uh, I didn't buy it but I liked it <laughs> and look that's so, fine yeah it was a hot dramatic kiss sure that Got doesn't it. mean it was good <laughs> oh it was good <laughs> yeah, yeah let me rephrase uh, <laughs> uh yeah so I think um 
you know, just like final notes on on Cheryl's storyline this episode. Uh, you know, so she's free uh, with Tony back on the warpath. Seems like she's kind of back to business as usual. Which is another thing that's also like nobody's going to call Cheryl Keller and let him know about <laughs> the escaped mental patient. That's fair. Like, especially oh. Cheryl's family. Like, where'd she get? Oh, I, I thought I thought you were going to say, oh, no one's going to call Sheriff Keller and tell her tell him about the conversion camp. The illegal gay I mean, conversion sure. camp. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, he would go with the hospital's word. Um, and where did I don't? I don't. I also don't think it's in Riverdale, though. Oh, is the thing? It's like, probably I, on I, the, I, it's probably on the outskirts or something. Yeah. Right. 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 Like um, I, I got the impression that it's uh, you know at least a because like it's obviously connected to the woods that are connected to Riverdale. Yeah, but. Like, um, but, but it, I also, it seems like it's. Out of I town. also, th- I also think any any hospital would call the local law enforcement and and say, "Oh, hey, we have an escaped patient." Yeah, it's just tough because it's like it's not really a mental place; it's an orphanage, and like they're yeah, secretly yeah, doing gay conversion sure. therapy. Yeah. And what are you going to say? Oh, one of the kids that were secretly doing this illegal thing to escaped. Can you please bring them back? You yeah. know, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So it's, it's like supposed to be for you know pregnant mothers who are giving their babies away, and it's like Cheryl sure ain't pregnant. So, um, my question is, where is she staying? Is she like staying with Tony right now? That, or yeah, and that that's sort of another question. Like, one, where is she staying? Did she go back home? Because, uh. You're telling me Penelope and Claudius wouldn't get her ass right back in there with the police? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's like, it's possible she went there in the middle of the day and got clothes or something, you know, like, um, while nobody's home. Like, that's yeah. totally, that's a plausible thing. Um, and I'm sure we'll get an answer next episode, right? We're gonna have to see where she is at some point. Um, but yeah, that that was that was my question going going out of that final scene with the two of them is... So what's the deal here? You know, like, well, yeah. like, what's because she says, right? Like, if if revenge is a uh, dish best served cold, they better be ready for a polar vortex. So it's like she's obviously planning to play the long game. So it's like, where are you setting up shop while you do that? Yeah, maybe with cousin Betty. Uh, maybe, yeah. I'd, Chick just got kicked out. That's a good point. It's a good point. I that's probably not impossible, honestly. Yeah, it's Stranger Things, man. No, um, this is Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's it's Ethel here. It's it's Ethel here, not not Barb. I hate this bit. And I'm interested to see when she said that she was going to burn the school down. If this is going to be her falling back in old habits, this I I am right about this one. She says this school is going to burn in reference to the play. Her being Carrie, right? Yeah. Yes. Did so, not say she was going to burn the school down. However, my you, my yes. question was: Is she going to burn the school down? school deal it's like ah. it's like what like right like what exactly is the motivation there three three of your friends came and rescued you like what <laughs> yeah right exactly uh so i so i don't know as always uh cheryl is a, a captivating character so i'm interested to see where, where where we're going next with her um so to uh Scale it back a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the great debate between uh, our our student council president teams. Uh, what, what did you guys think about that? 
I can't believe Alice was the PTA moderator of that. The moderator? Yeah, he's like, why? <laughs> like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Fair and balance my ass, Fox News. Right? Yeah, uh, I, I did think that was funny. Especially, like, I like how... <laughs> I like how when, like, Reggie made that comment, he's like, also, we're cool. And she was just like, she laughed at that. I was like, don't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. <laughs> Yo, fuck Reggie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a- after that, um, you know, we saw a little bit of, like, drama brewing with FP and Alice after that. But I think more importantly was the drama between uh, the Lodge and the Andrews. That is obviously, like, as we predicted, um, probably going to be a, uh, a major theme for the rest of this this season. Um, wh- what are your guys' thoughts on where where they're at right now, right? The kids ask for a fair fight that where there won't be any shots below the belt. Do you think we're going to get that? No. No. Especially if, especially if Molly Ringwald is going to leave. <laughs> Right, yeah. Like she's I a was high, disappointed by that. She's a high-powered lawyer, and, and apparently she can come and go as she pleases. She's a high-powered lawyer. She can probably afford it. But, <laughs> you know, if if she's not going to be there all the time, like, I I don't really buy that Hiram and Hermione are going to, like, just... Play fair? Play Yeah, play fair. It's going to be interesting to see, because I think... Despite the fact that Archie and his father are clearly at odds, right? Like, they're having trouble communicating, and, you know, um, Mommy Ringwald is playing nice. big goat. Thank you. Uh, is, is, is acting as kind of a buffer for them in this episode, and she's leaving, and that's not going to be an option for them pretty soon. Um, but when Reggie makes a, a comment about Archie's dad, he threatens to break his arm. You know, so, like, obviously he's still in his dad's corner as much as he's continuing to put himself in deeper with the Lodges. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do decide to play dirty, Is that's going to probably be the breaking point for Archie, I'm guessing. You know, like, that's going to be where we really see where his loyalties lie, and I don't know that they're going to be with the Lodges. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I think he that probably will be where they split. What do you think about this, Marco? Um, so sorry, I, I I was thinking like back to when we had the the Molly Ringwald thing. Sorry, this is off topic, but um, I, oh, I said then that, shut up. All right, all right. How's it feel, Marco? How's it feel? <laughs> no, thank you. Eat it, thank you, you sack of shit. <laughs> Answer the question or shut up. <laughs> well, repeat the question now, Pete. <laughs> you know what? No, Marco. You don't get to answer. If you can't if you can't be bothered to keep up, then we're just gonna move on. I don't even know why I trust thing. you to carry my cork board. You know what? I'm driving you home this week, Kale. Yes. No. Fucking breath scallion. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let, let's keep on the subject of Mommy Ringwald a little bit here. So um, she she asks Archie to uh, to to come up on stage, right, with with Fred, and um, and that's that's something that he misses uh, because of because this is know, a teen drama. 
Well, because it's a teen drama, yes, and also because of what's going on with um with his you know his dedication to the lodges, right? And and him doing some stuff for Hiram, which uh, we'll talk about next. But um the last scene that she has with him, right? Uh, is kind of what I want to use as a jumping off point for this next storyline. You know, she says. She basically says, I don't know who you are anymore, Archie, right? She says, you used to worship your dad. You used to play music. You and Jug and Betty used to be inseparable. And I don't know who you've become. And I thought I thought that was interesting because I thought it, it did a pretty good job of summing up um, what it seems like Archie's journey has been, you know, this season. Where uh, ever since the the end of the i mean shit even even going as far back as the black hood storyline right his father said the same thing to him when he looked across the table and saw that his son was you know uh arming a group of of teenage vigilantes right and and militarizing them um that archie has changed a lot this season from the person that we knew in season 1 and in a lot of ways not for the better seemingly um and, and i'm interested to i'm interested to see where this is all going to shake out because like i said i i feel like a breaking point is coming for him with the lodges i feel like a breaking point is coming for his life of crime and and for doing all these things that he's been doing um do you guys agree with that do you think that we're gonna see uh, a kind of um return to form for the character or do you think they're going to continue to push him in in new and unexpected directions like they have been I think, I think at least to the end of the season, they'll keep pushing him. And then maybe at some point, at that breaking point, they'll try to revert him back. But I feel like maybe he might be too foregone as like how he's been developed as a character because we've seen him so much longer at like this that, I don't know, it might just like damage the character a bit. Um, yeah, as you, were, as you were talking about that, Pete, um, I when the uh the archie relaunch happened um in the comics uh mark wade talked about how he has a he has kind of a a policy for these like long-lasting characters of do no harm Mm. and it really seems like that's this show's number one priority is to do harm is to do harm to these characters because like Archie's a junior mafioso, and you know, uh, uh, what a red rascal! Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Betty's big brother went from secret agent, you know, in the comics to internet sex worker slash murderer. <laughs> um, the Southside Serpents are, you know, a dangerous gang. <laughs> it's just like, you know. Uh, I, I similar to what Marco said. I I don't know where the point of no return is. I don't feel like we've hit it, but I wonder where it will be because mm, I, what's I next? it can't be it can't be at the end of this season for sure. And I think that's an interesting question. You know, it's like where is that line going to be drawn? And I feel like it's Fred Andrews. I feel like Hiram's going to ask him to do something that he's not willing to do. And that's where we're going to see some kind of a rubber band, you know? And I don't I don't think we're going to necessarily go back to seeing Archie singing at the homecoming dance again. But I feel like we're going to see him 
turn away from his life of crime and the lodges and reconnect with his father and with Jughead and with Betty um, at some point, you know? I'll tell you what it was. They broke up Josie and the Pussycats. That's what it fucking was. <laughs> That's when we lost the emotional core of the show. Thank, thanks for the agreement, hot dog. <laughs> good, good save. Let's use that as an opportunity to talk about what's been going on with uh, Archie and his life of crime again. So, um, gangsters that we've met in the past, they show up at the Pembroke. They're threatening, threatening Hiram. Archie doesn't take kindly to that. And uh, he gets himself involved in the game, you know? Um, you know, we we kind of see him weasel his way into uh, their meeting, and he tries to be a big man, he tries to scare them, and that doesn't work. But uh, what I thought was interesting here was that when he did that, uh, I, I, I thought it was pretty funny that Hiram, like, wasn't mad about it. You know, like, he was just kind of like, you know, like, he's like, you're a mad dog in there. And then he's just like, you gotta fucking, you know, like, you gotta be able to back your threats up and stuff like that. And he's like, you're a good kid, though. You know, it's all right. <laughs> and I, I think I think it's because Hiram knows he could back it up if he wanted to. But, like, he yeah. had to teach Archie that lesson. And it's lucky that they thought it was funny. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Because that could have went way sideways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When uh, it's it's later revealed, right, that Adams has kind of gone rogue. He shoots Andre. He leaves them totally vulnerable. Yeah, what was up with that? that did, did that seem like random to anybody else? Like when when they revealed him, I was like, who is this guy? It's Adams. Like, I I couldn't see a clear enough picture of his face uh, when Archie was beating him up. I didn't even recognize him. I was just like. I, until he no says idea. Adams. Like I, yeah, I was just like. Even I, then I was like, I was like, Adams, Adams, Adams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what do you, he was, okay, guys, who, you guys gotta pay more attention or. Hey, man, he looks like every other white guy, man. How, what am I supposed to say? Every other white guy from the mouth of babes. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe that you guys didn't recognize him when he's shown in the episode. He was named, like, more than one time. Well, no, he's been I mean, around. Yeah, in this episode? Yeah. yeah, like, even before that, like, when they're no. like, oh, all we have, yes, literally, Hiram says, right now, we have. All we have for backup is Adams and Andre, and they show the two of them, and then later, Andre gets shot, and then it's Adams, and he's like, Adams? And then he fucking punches him. <laughs> it's like, it could not be any more clear, you guys. I, I couldn't see him. I also watched a show in the morning, and the show, I don't know if you guys know this, the show it's is pitch black. So if, if 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 there's a night scene, I'm done. Like I can't see anything. I'm flying blind. I always I always watch it at night. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So no, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think? Uh, and if the answer to this question is anything but no, I'm gonna come to your houses and punch you in the mouth. Do you think this will be the conclusion of the Black Mask storyline? No. No. Because. They they did the thing where Adams was in the black mask and he, uh, Archie saw his eyes. Right. And I believe we're led to believe this is who Archie is looking for. So I, I didn't think so um, for a couple reasons. One, uh, and, I, and I've hung my hat on this for a long time. I believe that the Black Hood is a heavy set middle-aged guy. Adams I, is not that. I agree with you. But 
all the show has given us definitively to go on are Archie's feelings about the eyes. So let me make my point about what I think was happening. Because of the way it was shot, right? Like, Adams uh, is shown in the same position as the Black Hood with a similar mask, and we get the cut of them back and forth, and you clearly see that they're different, that they're not the same person. And I think that the reason that we get that is because Archie sees him, he sees a guy that looks like that, he scans him in the eyes and sees it's not him. And But I, I do think that the, the thing that we're supposed to take from that is that Archie acts, you know, whereas when the Black Hood thing happened, he froze, right? So when this guy had a gun, he shot Andre, he's threatening the lodges, he chases him and catches him. I kind of took it like Kale did, where it was sort of... It's sort of like a reminder. It's like, hey, by the way, like this is a thing. This is still relevant. Like, be like, 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 kind of like yeah. a heads up more than anything. That like, it's not that Adams was the Black Hood. It was that the Black Hood is still like looming and it's still a figure and it's still there. And like, hey, heads up, by the way, this is still a thing. Remember. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I read it that same way. I, I think it was to me. It seemed like more a personal thing for Archie than it was like a hey this is coming back but we'll see and I can I can definitely I can definitely see it from your angle and I I do sort of think you're right but I do also think that it might have been a a clue to the audience to to remember I mean shit man it can be two things no for sure you know like right like it's it's probably both like I I because I don't I agree with you that I don't think the Black Hood storyline is over yeah so like I feel like that will come back at some point. Um, so yeah, maybe this was, you know, hey, showing you what Archie's going through in this moment, also a little tease that, you know, maybe we're going to see something on this front again in the future. Yeah. Um, but I, I did think that was interesting. Uh, so then Archie and Hiram end up talking after that. Hiram, uh, you know, feels like his hands are tied. He's ready to sell out. Um, but Archie has a plan. And, uh, you know, he goes and basically trades the um, the Bulldogs vote in the student election to have uh, – oh, I wrote it down. What the hell was his team's name again? Um, the, the Black. The Dark the Circle. The Dark Circle. The, the Dark, dark circle. circle. Yeah. He reunites the Dark Circle. No, nah, they were the uh, Red Circle before. Oh, right. Yes, I didn't catch that. Okay, yeah. okay. So he makes the dark circle. They look a little more professional. They have, you know, masks. They have a they have a look to them, a uniform, yeah. um, and they they fucking blow up a car and threaten uh, these mobsters. So what? Uh, what were you guys thoughts on that one? So now, so now Archie is <laughs> implicating all of his just all of his friends in criminal activities. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I mean, oh, don't hey. worry, don't worry, uh, Dad. I've got, uh, I've got Hiram. He's a mobster, and uh, all my friends are, uh, you know, uh, explosive experts, and uh, we're willing to kill. So don't, oh, you're gonna win we're this all terrorists. race. We are officially terrorists. See, man, they're, they're taking him in different directions. I'm telling you, it's gonna keep going. It's proof right there. Who knows? <laughs> Taking Archie in exciting new directions. Yeah. No, this is a rubber band. If anything, we rubber banded back to Punisher Archie. That's fair. <laughs> and and I wonder if that was the point of no return. Like, who knows, man? I don't know. 
I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I have to say it's it's pretty nuts, and it's interesting to see where the fuck that's going to go. Um, because we certainly haven't seen the last of it, right? Like, I mean, Hiram says that was a definition of a of a what short term solution, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and he says like our enemies will be back, and they'll be back for everything. So now here's the question: When? And does that uh, next episode probably next two think? episodes? Or you think that do you, does, does does this line up with the election? Does it interfere with the election? I would say before the finale for sure. Yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I could see it going either way. I could see that being a thing that we deal with in the next three episodes or a thing that we don't see until, excuse me, until uh, maybe even next season, depending on how this mayor, mayoral race plays out. You know, is yep. that going to be wrapped by the end of this season or is that a, a season three thing? I don't know. And I, I feel like the answer to this could really... Uh, be tied to that more than more than we realize. So uh, to wrap things up, let's uh, rewind one last time and talk about uh, Betty storyline this this episode. I saved this one for last because it was my favorite. Uh, I think. Oh. Um, you know, we've been very like critical uh, of of the chick storyline the last couple episodes um, because it's gone nowhere and done nothing, and we finally got a little bit of movement here. Um, it still is doing that. <laughs> For me, this is the half step in particular that I was talking about. Yes, very much so. Uh, and, and, I, and I think it is that. But for me, at least, it was it was an engaging ride. You know, I enjoyed this this bit of the storyline more so than I have pretty much any other piece of it. You know, that there was actually some tension. There was actually some question of what was going to fucking happen here and uh and it made me think about um chick in a way that i haven't yet so um overall though kale you you said that you thought this was a half measure what did you think about you know what what were your problems with this storyline or, or how this part of the storyline developed it was that chick wasn't the engine for it right like yes yeah it felt the the problem was caused by chick but it wasn't chick making any moves until the very end and it was like oh okay well he's leaving big fucking deal and even that wasn't like a decision he made right like the only thing he did was cause the problem and then sit passively through it yeah it was under duress yeah yeah marco what about you Man, I'm I was done with Chick. Like I just I was ha like finally when when they were like yeah right fine I'll, like I'll get up and leave. I was like thank you. Thank like, God. All I've been asking for like like you could have been gone three episodes ago more even, and this just like brought him deeper. And I'm like ah uh, I'm tired of this. I don't want this. Did you guys think uh, Alice was gonna murder Darla with a team? Hundred percent. 100%. Oh yes, yes, when like she... poison or something. Yeah, because we got the same shots as like this... we did with Nana yeah. Rose and and the mm -hmm. Tannis root or whatever. Yeah, and I think it was just supposed to show us that her hands were shaking and she was nervous. But I, I oh, thought I didn't she was fucking see that. Yeah, because like I was her, looking like... at the tea. So one of the things I I watch the show with subtitles on a lot because like most dramas, um, the audio is mixed really poorly. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, there was a um. 
a direction that said that like her breath was stammered or whatever and I, and then I looked at her hand and I could mm. see it was shaking a little bit so I think it was just supposed to show that she was scared um but I I thought when she when she was like Betty go to the bank I was like are you just trying to get Betty out of the house or are you going to murder this lady yeah yeah, you know? yeah 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 I didn't know cuz like I thought I still think Alice killed that first guy that it wasn't chick so I, I, but but that's the thing. Like this this episode didn't tell us anything. Yep. Yeah. Just no, stuff. It didn't. It just moved it forward. Bare and barely. Well, yeah. I mean, barely in the fact that like Chick didn't actually move out this episode, but he's gone now, right? Like next episode, his storyline, however it progresses, is fundamentally changed. Either he's gone or he's out of the house. And how he's able to affect the family is different. One of the other kind of like subplots that was wrapped up in this was the tension between um, specifically Sweet Pea, I guess, but the serpents, I guess, as a whole and Betty, which that was something I thought was really weird. I felt like that really came out of nowhere. It felt unfounded based on the progression we've made. Right, and, like, all the examples she gives of things she's done for the Serpents, he's like, well, those were just for your boyfriend. It's like, I mean, okay, but, like, so? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, does that matter? And also, like, <laughs> I did the fucking I did the fucking dance. I'm a serpent prick. Right, like, I don't, you know, and it's like, and, and then, you know, his whole thing was that he's really, seems like he's more mad at Alice than it is Betty, but I still thought that whole thing felt weird, like, given, you know, he was like, you won't have the serpent vote. And I'm just like, do you have the power to do that? I feel like Jug's the boss, right? Like, And and even still, they go to help her anyway. Right. And that was the other thing I brought, I was thinking was, I just thought that was strange. And, like, I guess I could see the narrative there of, like, when Jug says we're serpents, that's what we do. I could see Sweet Pea being like, look, I'm not going to vote for Betty, but I'm also not going to let... I'm not going to let her die, yeah. Right, like, I'm not a piece yeah. of shit. I'm not going to let these guys threaten <laughs> yeah. this girl, you know? like, and I, and I feel like that makes sense no matter what, you know? Like, even if it isn't the narrative of, oh, it's Jughead's girlfriend, it's like, I could see them being like, well, this is what we do, right? Like, we're actually mm -hmm. not bad guys. We're not going to let some scumbags come here and pick on this family. We're bad guys. That doesn't mean we're bad guys. Exactly. <laughs> and again, like we've seen FP do that kind of shit with the serpents. So I could, yeah. I, I could see that narrative fully making sense, even with his drama with Betty. But it was just kind of like, did we even need this? Like, what was even the point? You know? Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I, I did think that was kind of weird. But yeah. So what did you think about? Uh, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, specifically Kale, because he's kind of our resident conspiracy theory guy. What was Chick's angle here? Was he actually just trying to get information uh, from from Darla? Or do you think he actually maybe had an ulterior motive of trying to get these people in the house to cause some kind of drama? Uh, yeah, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that he would have been in cahoots with Darla. Right. But I do, th I do think he probably called her to try to stir some stuff up for Betty, and you know, give her a reason to try to get out of something to show her how scary he can be. That's kind of what I was thinking, and that maybe it just got away from him. Yeah, because like I have a hard time thinking that he just had the ulterior motive of like I was just trying to help. It's yeah, like, because because in every in every scenario where we see that he he when something goes wrong for him he 
he turns to Alice and and becomes very childlike. And I, I think we see that in the beginning when they pull the car out and you know he's watching it on tv uh you know like the creepy ass kid from um uh what's that movie starts with a p i can't believe i've done this to myself it's a horror movie I have no idea what you're talking about. They, exactly. It's a okay. Oh. That was a oh. good guess, Marco. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is something to that. And um, I, I wonder if maybe his intention to help there was sincere because he saw a potential threat to this nest egg that he has with Alice. You know? I'm not sure, though. I kind of thought that he had, um, like, he called her so that they can try to get the family out of 10K. Like I thought, maybe he he knew her, and maybe he did. She didn't like. We obviously see she didn't necessarily care that the guy died. She just wanted hush money. Like, what if she he brought her along to get uh the Coopers to pay up for like whatever, and then they can they can break. I was just gonna. I just don't like. To me, that doesn't make sense because at at this point or at that point in his relationship with Alice, like I feel like he could just. He could probably just go into her purse and take her card and go get it. And if he wanted to, he'd just bail. That's fair. I, I definitely thought something similar, Marco, until the um, hotel operator showed up. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that throws the whole thing for me. Like it just he he uh, he had a plan, and I don't I don't necessarily think he expected Darla to to extort the family, but right. I, I I do think he had a plan to scare betty and it went south yeah i'm not sure i I think it could really be either option and and the way that he offered to leave the house before alice kicked him out um had me wondering if he was actually trying to do something to help them and then realized that yeah there's really nothing i can do but hurt these people and whether or not him and Betty have a bad relationship, maybe he really does have some kind of affection for Alice because she has been kind to him. Uh, and that remains to be seen, but I imagine we'll get an answer to that sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then kind of the, just the last beats of this. Um, so we had Jug and the the Serpent Militia kick the fucking door in and, uh, and scare these two off. That was awesome. Um, I, I, cause I was really wondering, I was like, what are we going to do here, man? Like, this is really like, like you're trapped right now. Like who, who are you going to call? And then it was like, oh, the serpents. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I also thought it was really funny when Jug's like, oh yeah, sorry about your door. And I was like, I think it's okay. Like, I think yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, a, not the worst thing, but, uh, but then to see her apology. Right where she comes to their the serpents club at school and and apologizes to them and basically uh, says that she's she's done you know um, fighting against the serpents she's done renouncing her roots and she's she's gonna take pride in it and uh, and then she shows up to FP's house in her serpent gear uh, I I love that I love that whole was, thing was that in her serpent gear. She had the thick eyeliner on, and she had the snakeskin, um, like blouse or like jacket okay. or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, so okay. I, 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 that was what I saw anyway. Um, I think they so gonna I, start. They gonna start fucking. Oh fuck yeah, dude! And then like, it's gonna be weird between Betty and Jug. 
It's gonna be so weird, and I'm I'm so excited because it's like, what does this mean for Alice? Like, what like, what does it mean to see Alice stop pretending to be a wasp and start embracing that she's a serpent and fighting for the South Side? It's like, oh boy, that's that is a real big uh, thumb on the scale in favor of the forces of the South Side, as far as I'm concerned. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, I can see it. She's gonna be like Katie Seagal in um, um, God damn it! <laughs> Second uh, time, Kale. The biker like show. The third time. Oh, Sons of Anarchy. That's the one. There you uh, go. She's gonna be the badass fucking gang leader biker mom that's gonna destroy everyone. Like probably yeah, and like it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what this means for I think specifically her relationship with Jughead. Because I feel like they have a lot in common in terms of how they choose to stir the pot. And it's going to be interesting to see her on, you know, like not be a antagonist for him and Betty, but like actually be a resource for them. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see those two troublemakers on the same side and like what hell they might have, like they might unleash. Yeah, yeah, I really do think so. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, cool. Mm. I'm in. And I have to say, like, that's one of the things where, like, you guys say, like, um, there wasn't a lot of movement in this episode, but, like, the fallout from it, I'm just like, ooh, yes. I'm very excited. Very excited to see what this means for Alice and, uh, and by extension, Betty, right? Like, there's... Yeah. It's going to be cool. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see the fallout of this actually being Jughead leaves the serpents. <laughs> <laughs> not you know not necessarily because of alice or anything but i i wonder if this will sort of allow him and sort of push him out to to you know sort of get back to status get us back to status quo for the you know the end of the season i think that's a possibility i really could see there being a narrative where uh fp and alice kind of become king and queen of the serpents and jughead mm-hmm. can kind of take a step back yeah you know because he's been unwilling or unable to relinquish that power or that that place um and i think you know if if uh alice is out there fighting the crusade against hiram maybe he doesn't have to as hard Mm -hmm. so we'll see it's gonna be interesting uh, so what do we got? We got one more before the break, right? We'll be back next week one more time before no, we. Uh, I think no. this. I think this is the th- the three week break. All right, yeah. So uh, that is going to be our last one before the break. Then, so uh, we'll be back with chapter thirty one. Airs on the nineteenth of April. That'll be the the musical episode. Um, saving uh, technical issues, we'll be having a uh, friend of the show Olivia back on, um, which is going to be awesome. Hey. She's been one of our favorite guests. She is very excited to come on and talk about. Uh, <laughs> about the musical episode as i'm sure we all be all will be and uh yes that's that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the riverdale review remember if you want to connect with us you want to let us know your thoughts on this or any other episode of riverdale you can hit us up in the comments down below write to us at the at gmail.com or follow us on social media at the comics and uh, hit us up there so with that enjoy your two-week break we'll be here holding down the fort at pops we'll catch you then pete look out behind you oh no they've got me Eee! <laughs>